Hello, I'm Tash and you're listening to episode 218 of Chat Disney. to another episode of the Chat Disney podcast and you may notice that I am riding solo today. Mercedes is away on her baby moon. She will be back as normal next week. So I thought I would take the opportunity today as I am on my own to talk a little bit about some of our plans at the moment for our California trip next year. But before we get into that, let's have a quick look at what has been happening in the world of Disney this week. So kicking off with California itself and the OG Park Disneyland and Walt Disney's original Tinkerbell model Miss Margaret Kerry celebrated her 94th birthday at Disneyland last week. Now Margaret Kerry was the inspiration for Tinkerbell. Disney got her in and they got her to dance and they copied her facial expressions for the animation of Tinkerbell. So she really is the OG Tinkerbell. Heading over to the other American park, Walt Disney World, and big, big, big exciting news this week. Probably the most exciting thing we have commented on in a little while on the Chat Disney podcast. And the Disney dining plan is returning. Hallelujah! I know there is a lot of hype and excitement about this. A lot of people are very, very happy. We were starting to question if it was ever going to come back, especially with the latest deal that Walt Disney World are offering holiday goers for next year. But the dining plan will be beginning on January the 9th, 2024, and you'll be able to book it from the end of this month, May the 31st. So if you are going next year, then do wait until that day if you are interested in getting the dining plan. When it returns, there's basically going to only be two options available now so the quick service plan and the regular dining plan i think disney realized that these were the most popular um plans before for guests um so they haven't got the deluxe dining plan anymore that will no longer be available um i'm guessing that the demand for it just just wasn't enough so we've only got two options now but very very exciting we did speak a couple of weeks ago about the plan that i mentioned just then that Disney are offering where you get the dining credit, which I think is up to $2,000 if I remember rightly. If you've already got that, you've already booked your holiday, you can't use that to cover the cost of the dining plan. So you can add the dining plan on, but it will be, you won't be able to use your credit for it if that makes sense. So you can still use your dining credit to go alongside the dining plan, um, but you won't be able to use it to cover the cost of the dining plan. So yeah, kind of have to weigh up your options there and see if it's more cost effective to go for the dining plan or to stick with the dining credit if you've already got a trip booked. So yeah, make of that what you will. Have a figure out with with the the, the prices and and the costs and see what works best for you but it is very very good news that we have got the dining plan back heading over to disneyland paris for some news and a bit of a disappointing one disneyland paris has actually made the decision to cancel both its usual halloween party on october the 31st and the new year's eve party on december the 31st they will be offering an enhanced guest experience on halloween which will include extended opening hours special events Um, But they won't be offering any ticketed events this year, which is a bit of a shame. Disneyland Paris recently has been the latest um, company as well to suffer strikes. It seems that every company at the moment 
is on strike or has been striking. And last week, there was a couple of people who reported that the Disney Stars on Parade was cancelled at the very last minute. And apparently, this was down to alleged strikes by cast members who were protesting their wages. Um, And I think this happened a couple of times last week as well. So hopefully, this does get rectified soon. Heading over to Hong Kong for some news as well. And we have the first image of Wandering Oaken sliding sleighs at World of Frozen, which is going to be the first Frozen themed roller coaster, which I'm definitely getting um, Matterhorn vibes from it. It looks like a big mountain. So can't wait to see more of this as it unfolds. We definitely need some more coasters in the world of Disney. Some movie news as well for you this week. And Freaky Friday 2 has been confirmed. Um, to be in the works with the original cast returning. We don't know anything else about this at the moment. I remember going to see Freaky Friday with Mercedes at the cinema all those years when it when it came back came out. We were in our early teens. Um, we don't know how involved the cast are going to be. My prediction is that they're going to be kind of cameo roles. Um, and the kind of Freaky Friday tale with the body swap is going to happen to two other people, and then in a very cheesy turn of events, they will come, Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis, they will return and kind of teach the whoever has fallen prey to, to this curse how they can, can get out of it. But I don't know. More on this, I'm sure, as it unfolds. Some Disney Plus news as well, and Peter Pan and Wendy very very disappointing it's actually led to the film being ranked as the lowest rated disney live action remake on rotten tomatoes and as of last week it has an audience score of just 13 percent on the film ratings website ouch very very low i haven't actually watched the series myself and this doesn't encourage me to to do so so there we are and some more disappointing disney plus news as well Disney Plus have actually reported that they've seen a drop of over 4 million subscribers recently. And due to this, the Walt Disney Company have recently announced that they will be significantly scaling back the content. So I think that a lot of people are now speculating that the Disney Vault is going to be making a comeback. And this was a a big market employee during sort of the 90s and early 2000s when home videos were sort of rising to put to popularity. And they created the Walt Disney Vault where they would put certain movies and then every few years the company would re-release an older film back into theatres to coincide with an upcoming release of the the movie to, to VHS. We don't know what else this means at the moment for Disney Plus. We don't know exactly what is going to be taken off of the streaming site. There is speculation as well that there might be kind of bans of accounts now and where you have to sort of pay a higher fee for accessing certain content. We don't know, but I'm sure we will report more on this as it unfolds. Some Disney on Ice news and Frozen 2 will be making its way onto Disney on Ice as well as Raya and the Last or Raya and the Last Dragon. They will be added later this year. I haven't seen Disney on Ice for years and I'm planning to take my niece next year. So very, very excited about this, particularly the Frozen 2. Give or take Raya and the Last Dragon. And finally, we have some Marvel news. And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has made history with the number of practical prosthetics and special effects makeup used on the set of the film. And they've broken the record for this. Apparently, they have exceeded 22,500 prosthetics 
500 wigs and 130 facial hair pieces. So yeah, very, very exciting. I believe the previous record holder for the number of prosthetics used in a film was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Um, obviously that uses tons and tons of prosthetics. I haven't actually seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I haven't actually seen any of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. So yeah, can't really comment any, any further on, on that, but I do know that they do use a lot of imagery and prosthetics and things to create some of the characters. So yeah, there we go. Very exciting. Congratulations to Guardians of the Galaxy for breaking a, a, another record. And that concludes everything that's been happening in the world of Disney this week. We're now going to move on to the main part of the episode, talking all about my plans for California 2024. <laughs> So this trip has been a very long time coming. Um, we have been talking about it for years and years and years. Um, the plan is to go with my entire family. So my mum and dad, my sister and her husband, my two nieces who will be three and eight next year, and then myself, my husband Benji, and our son Theo who will be two next March. And the plan, um, the trip has actually been spoken about in, in my family probably for about the past five years. There was definitely only one child on the scene at the time. Um, and we're very, very grateful because it's a trip that my dad is, is taking us on kind of as a celebration of his retirement, which he retired earlier this year. Um, California is a very special park for me and my family. It's the park that we went to the most when I was growing up, which is quite uncommon really for someone from the UK. Most families would go to Florida. Um, and I guess there's, you know, a lot more to do at Florida if you've got young children and you can kind of go there for 10 days, two weeks, you can have your pool days, you can go to Universal. There's a lot to do. Whereas my parents always made the choice to go to California. And I think initially that choice came down to the fact that it was the OG park and it was Walt's Park. It was the only park that Walt ever actually saw come into fruition. Um, but also we like to do road trips and travel around at the same time as well. And there was a lot of stuff on that side of, of America, on the West Coast, that kind of lent itself to, to making a good family holiday. So we would do things like we would start in um, LA and then we would go to Anaheim. Um, one trip we ended up in San Francisco and then another time we kind of went down to Palm Springs um, across to the Grand Canyon, Arizona, and then ended up in Las Vegas. So this is just something that that we did and I think it's the preferred ways that my pa my parents um, wanted to kind of do their holidays. They were more than happy to go to Disney and they enjoyed Disney trips, but they wanted to tie in with another holiday as well. So I'm lucky enough to have done California three times with my family. And then the last time I did it was in 2013 and I took my husband. Um, I spent the summer doing a Camp America and then we met and we did a little mini road trip of America. And of course, I took him to, to Disneyland. It was his second Disney park that he'd been to. He'd only been to Paris previously. Um, and it was actually the first Disney trip that I ever planned where there were no adults or, or parents involved. So I kind of had complete free reign. Of, of what I wanted to do on that trip. And um, yeah, it was a it was a great time. But I think even looking back then, I 
wasn't as into planning Disney trips as I am now. I think now I'm sort of older and wiser, as we should put it, I'm more aware of, you know, food and, I don't know, having more of an itinerary. I mean, we definitely did have an itinerary when we went, but I think it was probably pretty loose. Um, So yeah, I'm very excited to be going next year and actually have my adult brain and have been tasked by my family with the task of planning the entire trip. So that is something that I'm very, very excited about. So when thinking about this trip, there is one dilemma um, that comes up. And it is the fact of going next year. Obviously, I want to go sooner rather than later. If we go next year, Theo will be two. So he will be free. Kids under three go free to, to Disney. So that's a positive. But if we were to push the trip back to 2025 then that is, of course, the 70-year anniversary for Disneyland California. And we know that the parks like to celebrate their anniversaries. I feel like 70 years is quite a big milestone. But then I feel like 75 years is as well. So I don't know if if 70 will be as big as 75. I'm not sure. Um, But yeah, I would like to go if there is going to be extra special celebrations, if they are going to make a big deal for the 70th. But of course, we probably won't know that until once the trip is booked, if if we do decide to go next year. So this is something that we are going to have to discuss as a family and see what's the best thing to to do. Um, But yeah, 70 years, I mean, it's a, a huge deal, right? That park has been open for a very, very long time. So yeah, that's that's sort of the first dilemma that I'm currently weighing up in in my head. Um, so yeah, lots to, to think on there. So let's kick off by talking a little bit about accommodation and my plans for accommodation. So accommodation with Disneyland California is looked upon in quite a different way to if you're approaching a Walt Disney World trip or a Disneyland Paris trip. Both of those resorts have a lot of options when it comes to hotels and they are kind of a bit more secluded So if you were to stay off site, which don't get me wrong, you totally can, but it's a bit more of a hassle to to travel in. You would have to either drive or get a a taxi or an Uber or or a shuttle. When I went to Walt Disney World, we stayed off site and and it was fine. and, And the hotel did a free shuttle and we also got Ubers and they were very reasonable out there. But I would definitely next time stay on site. Um, just to experience staying at Walt Disney World Hotel for One, but also because of the ease of being in the resort, because that resort is so massive. Disneyland California, however, is slightly different because it's in the middle of Anaheim, which is, I don't know if Anaheim is classed as a a town or, or a small city, I'm not sure, but it's not as remote as Walt Disney World or, or Disneyland Paris. There's, I mean, you can literally leave the, the Disneyland resort and then you've got like a Denny's right opposite you and you've got tons and tons of shops and it's it's much easier to get to places on foot. You don't have to kind of have a big journey out of the resort until you get to something that's non-Disney, if that makes sense. So in terms of staying on site for Disneyland, you've only really got three options. So you've got the Disney's Grand Californian Hotel and Spa, which is a very elegant um, hotel. You've got the Disneyland Hotel, which is kind of, you know, classic, um, yeah, classic Disneyland Hotel, really. You've got quite luxury, another sort of deluxe hotel. And then you've got Disney's Paradise Pier Hotel. 
So they are your three options. So you are much more limited. If you compare that to the vast number of hotels that are on offer with Florida, and I know that resort is much bigger, but even with Disneyland Paris, you've got more options than that. So a lot of people choose to stay off-site in one of the good neighbor hotels. And the good neighbor hotels are basically Disney approved hotels that are close by to, to the Disneyland resort. And you can actually book them through the Disneyland website when you do book your tickets, which is really, really good, saves you the hassle of kind of having to, to do it separately. Um, it's what we always did when I went when we were younger. We used to stay at the Carousel Inn and Suites, which was perfect. It was literally just opposite the main entrance um, to Disneyland. And the, in fact, the room that you had your breakfast in, you could actually look out the window and you could see the Matterhorn and you could see Space Mountain. So it was amazing. You still kind of had that Disney magic. Unfortunately, that hotel, it was, I think it was around 2015, maybe. It was bought out by Disney. And at the time, I believe there were rumours that Disney were going to use it as a storage facility. However, I don't really know what happened with that. And now there's talk about it being demolished. And I'm not really sure what has happened to it since. But it's certainly not available for staying at the, at the moment. I don't believe it has been taken over by another hotel. Correct me if I'm I'm wrong there. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of not an option for us. Um, when I went in 2013 with my husband, um, we stayed a little bit further away. We stayed at a Best Western. And when I say a little bit further away, I mean, it wasn't just opposite, but it was still about a 15 minute walk or you could walk two minutes and then get a free shuttle into the park. So there's lots of options for staying off-site. And I think staying off-site is definitely recommended in terms of price, um, if you do want to make some savings. You do also still get benefits. I mean, the only benefit of staying at, at one of the Disneyland hotels is you do get a 30-minute extra magic hours. But really, when you weigh up the cost of staying off-site, um, I don't think 30 minutes is, is enough to justify paying the cost when you've got some pretty decent off-site hotels. Um, and I was just having a little look. So I think when we go, the plan would be to do, I mean, I would like to do as long as possible, but I am with my family. So the plan is to do four days. And at the moment, if you're booking one of the good neighbor hotels through the Disneyland um, California website, you do get perks such as the fourth night free, which is great. So you definitely make a lot of savings there. And it's encouraging people to obviously go for a longer period of time and therefore, you know, pay more money for the actual Disneyland tickets. So I did a little costing just for one room for four nights at the moment for two adults and one two-year-old. And that is actually coming up at the moment as $1,281, which I don't think is too bad. That is with the fourth night free, which I thought was actually pretty good. That is for a deluxe hotel. Um, and it is just over a mile away. It's the Sinesta Anaheim Resort. So I don't know too much about that hotel, but this is all just kind of very, very early stages of planning at the moment. So that is the most um, cost effective, cheapest option that is coming up at the moment. I'm sure by the time it actually comes to us booking, um, it will probably be totally different, obviously different time of year, different prices, price increases, that sort of thing. But yeah, that's what it is 
at the moment. In terms of park tickets at the moment, so when I last went, they used to do a, I think it was called a California, it was, it was kind of called something like a California city, city walk ticket or something, it wasn't that, but it was, it was basically, it was a ticket and it gave you access to, I think it was three days at Disney, a day at Universal, and then it also gave you a day at SeaWorld, very controversial. Um, Nothing like that is available now. So when I was having a little look at tickets, for four days for a one-person ticket with a park hopper is $455. Now, it's important to note that you do have to pay an additional $60 for the park hopper option. However, that is not per day. That is the price for however long you go for, two days, three days, four days, you just pay $60 on top and that gives you the park hopper option per day. So without that park hopper option, it would be $395. I think if you go for one day, then the park hopper option is $65. So really, I don't, it's probably, if you're only going to go for one day or two days, it's probably not actually worth adding that park hopper option on. Whereas if you are going for three or four and you are more likely to be park hopping, um, you know, when you get to sort of day three or four, then I definitely think it's it's worth, worth adding that on. But yeah, just important to note that that still isn't a given like it used to be pre-COVID. You do now have to pay for the luxury of that on top. You do also need to still book your days in the park as well. You need to actually, when you book your tickets, reserve which days you are going to be visiting. So that's also very important to note. And then in terms of the actual parks, obviously it has now been 10 years since I, or it'll be 10 years this year since I last went. So by the time we go next year, it will be 11 years, 11 years plus. Um, So, I mean, having a look, there's not really an awful lot that has changed in the main park. I mean, I guess the biggest thing to to know is that they do now have Galaxy's Edge. Myself and my family are not massive Star Wars fans. My brother-in-law is into Star Wars a little bit, so I think he will probably want to to go there. And I think my family will want to to have a look and see it. They always really, really enjoyed Star Tours. That was always a family favourite. So it's that thing of, even though they're not into Star Wars, they can still appreciate that attraction. So I think we will definitely spend some time there. And of course, I would say one of my bucket list things for the trip is to actually go on Rise of the Resistance because I didn't do it when I went to Walt Disney World in 2020. It only just opened. um, They were still operating on the, um, what is it? The, um, The scheme, I can't remember what it's called, but the scheme where you have to reserve your your spot in the queue and you had to be in the park at like bang on opening and I wasn't bothered about Star Wars enough to to go through the stress of that so I missed Rise of the Resistance but it definitely will be one of the attractions that is going to be top of my list for my next visit. They've also got Smuggler's Run which I think will be a real family favourite as well with my family so that's definitely something I can definitely see us doing as well. Um, and then other than that, in, in the main park, obviously Mickey's Toontown has has changed. We've got Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway now, which I'm really, really desperate to ride. That hadn't yet opened in Walt Disney World when I was last there. Um, they don't have it in Paris. So yeah, that is also definitely going to be the, the top of my list because I know that's a real favourite among a lot of people now. Um, at the moment, the Matterhorn is closed for refurbishment. So I'm sure that will again be open by next year. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, they've updated those rickety old carriages and also I'm very excited to see if I find that ride 
a lot more uncomfortable now that I'm slightly older. Mercedes and I had this debate after she went to California um, in 2019, I think it was, if I remember rightly, um, because it's one of my favourite attractions, always was when I was younger. But she was very shocked by how uncomfortable it, it was. So, yeah, I'm wondering if now I go that I'm a little bit older, if I will, will feel the same. Um, and then in terms of shows, obviously things can chop and change and probably will by next year. But at the moment, of course, we've got Fantasmic, which absolute all-time favourite Disney show. So that one will be a must and we will be getting there early. Um, at the moment, they've got the Magic Happens Parade and shows they've got the Tale of the Lion King, which if that is still on, I can definitely see my family wanting to see that. And of course, parades are always a must. And then Disneyland California Adventure has probably changed more. So the last time I went, they didn't have Pixar Pier. Um, so that whole kind of, I know it's um, the old Paradise Pier, but that whole area is now um, reskinned using IP and it's totally different. So the Incredicoaster, when I last went, it was California Screaming, for example. So I'm excited to go on on that. The Radiator Springs races hadn't long been opened when I last went and it was probably the most, it was the ride with the most queues um, and very hard to get fast passes for, but I did manage to go on it once. So I'm hoping now the hype of that has died down a little bit, we'll be able to get on that a couple of times. Um, Soaring Around the World, when I last went, it was Soaring Over California. Soaring Around the World is the version that they have in, in Shanghai. So I'm very familiar with that version. So I'm very excited to go on that again. Toy Story Midway Mania, I've done in Hong Kong and I've also done it in Shanghai. Um, um, not Shanghai, sorry, in Walt Disney World. But this is one that I think that will be a real um, family favourite with my family. Big fans of Toy Story. My dad loves the Buzz Lightyear, Astro Blasters, whatever it's called, depending on what park you're in. So yeah, I definitely think that will be a great one. And then we've also got Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. And I'm not a Guardians fan, as I always say for the millionth time. I'm not into Marvel. But I am very excited to ride this attraction because... I like the music and I do love Tower of Terror. So I'm interested to see it with a different kind of reskin. And then in terms of shows, we've got World of Kyla, which again is another one of my favourite shows, but we've got new scenes added since the last time I would have seen it. So I'm very, very excited about that. And then coming later this year, we've got Rogers the Musical, which is a musical about the origins of Captain America, I believe. So again, I'm a little bit disappointed about this because these shows tend to run for quite a long time at Disneyland. Um, when I last went, I can't even remember what it was, but I know I've seen Aladdin there and Mercedes saw Frozen when she went in at 2019. And these are proper like West End Broadway worthy shows. They're really, really done well. Um, so I'm a little bit disappointed that the subject matter is not something that I'm interested in. Um, I don't think my family will be interested in, in seeing it, but I think if maybe I get a quiet moment and there's a lot of hype about it, then maybe I will go. However, I probably won't bother if I need to know a lot about Marvel. If it's one of those things that you can go and see and you don't really need to have any idea about um, Captain America, then yeah, I'll, I'll probably go and go and see it for, for sure. Um, and then we've also, of course, got Avengers Campus in Disneyland California Adventure as well now. 
my family, like myself, are not Marvel fans. I don't really think they'll be that interested in Avengers campers. Again, I think probably web slingers would be appealing to them. Um, they always liked, my parents liked the Spider-Man attraction in Universal um, in Florida when we went there many, many years ago when I did not go to Disneyland. Um, so yeah, I think they would probably go on that, but I think that will be a kind of dependent on ride queues and, and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, so there's, there's quite a few things that are going to be different by, by the time that I go compared to my last trip. Some other bucket list items that I've got. So I'm desperate to do the walking walks footsteps tour. Now this is a three hour tour. Um, and I believe you can do it in the morning or the afternoon. I would prefer to do it in the morning because I don't want to miss out on a lot of family time. Obviously, it's going to be my son's first time in California. It is $160 to do, so it's not cheap. Um, and they basically take you around the park. They teach you, you know, little hidden gems about the park. They teach you about Walt's vision. You get to go in the old fire station and things like that. So yeah, it's definitely something that I am very, very keen to do. You get lunch included. I believe you get to queue hop on some attractions as well. So that is something that I absolutely will be doing. The other thing I really, really want to do. So as I kindly mentioned, my dad is taking us on this trip as kind of a celebration of his retirement. So one thing that my husband and I have discussed is about treating the family to a character dine. Um, and again, things could change by, by the time we actually go. But having a quick look on the website now, there are currently four options for character dine. So you've got the Plaza Inn, which is the only character dine currently in the park. And that's a mini and friends breakfast. A dinner option for character dine is not available there. And that is currently $35 to $59 per adult. And then the other options would be going into one of the hotels. So you've got the Storytellers Cafe in the Grand Californian. And again, that's breakfast. And that's Mickey's Towers of Adventure. And that is $49 for adults and $29 for kids. So it does seem quite a lot for breakfast, $49. But when you take into the fact that it is a character dine, I don't actually think that is that bad. Although if you do look at the menu for the breakfast, they do look quite limited. So you're definitely paying for the experience here rather than the food. You've then got the most premium option, which is the Disney Princess Breakfast. And that, again, is the Grand California, and that's in the Napa Rose restaurant. And that starts at $125 for breakfast, so a lot, lot more. Myself, obviously, I love Disney princesses. My nieces aren't so fussed about Disney princesses. Um, I don't know what Thea will be into at the moment, so we probably won't do that one because I don't think it will be as appealing to some members of my family as, you know, Minnie Mickey and sort of the traditional gang. And then the final option we've got is the Goofy Kitchen in the Disneyland Hotel. And that is the only option currently offering breakfast or dinner. And that is ranging from $35 to $60 per adult. So having a quick look at that, if they were the only options available to us at the time of going, I would definitely go for the Minnie and Friends breakfast at the Plaza in Obviously, I'm a huge fan of Minnie herself, and I, yeah, I don't know. I imagine it's a bit of a rotation of, of who the friends are, but I imagine that you probably have, you know, Goofy, Pluto, um, maybe Mickey, I would imagine, 
would seem, I don't know, but yeah, we've only got Minnie's name in the title there, so maybe he doesn't make an appearance, I, I don't know, or maybe it's completely rogue and it's completely random characters, but that is probably the option that, that we would look to do at the moment. And then currently, I haven't done a lot of other research into to dining options, but this is definitely something that I will be looking into and planning. Obviously, the snacks in the American parks are far superior to, to what we have on offer in, in Disneyland Paris. So yeah, this is something that I'm definitely going to be making a long, long list of things that I, I want to try um, and dining options that I want my family to experience as well. I would like them to experience the Blue Bayou um, which is the Pirates of the Caribbean restaurant. It was something we always talked about when I was younger, about how cool it would be to dine there one day. Um, I have done um, Captain Jack's in Disneyland Paris, which is a very, very similar thing. Um, but yeah, I would really like them to try Blue Bayou. So so that will probably be on, on the bucket list for the trip. And then just for fun, as I am on my own today with no co-host, um, I have gone back to something we did a couple of weeks ago when we got our old friend ChatGTP on the podcast and we asked them to, to plan our day um, for Walt Disney World. I did a day at Animal Kingdom and Mercedes did a day at Magic Kingdom. So I have asked them this time to plan me a day at Disneyland. So I have said to them, can you please plan me a day at Disneyland Resort? We are a family of six adults and three children ages two, three and eight. We like family friendly rides and thrill rides that allow us to do child swap. We also enjoy shows and would like to do a character dine. Meeting Mickey Mouse is a must. So I haven't gone through this yet. So let's see what chat GPT says. So they've come back and said, absolutely, a day at Disneyland Resort could be a lot of fun for the whole family. Of course. Here's a suggested itinerary that takes into account your preferences. So 8am, a good, nice, early start. Man after my, a man, woman after my own heart. Arrive at the park and go straight to Disneyland Park. Make sure to take a family picture in front of Sleeping Beauty Castle. Again, this is definitely something that we will obviously do, but I don't know if it is going to be the first thing that I do when, when we get into the park because time is time is of the essence with these trips and I feel like you need to plan them accordingly and there will be time for photos later. We need to get straight to the attractions. 8.30am, head to Fantasyland and ride some of the classic rides that are great for all ages, such as It's a Small World and Peter Pan's Flight. Okay, yeah, absolutely. I can I can definitely go with that. I think we probably will have to prioritise um, Fantasyland first and those, those attractions because of being with um, three little people. My niece, who will be eight next year, she's also not the biggest daredevil when it comes to, to rides I think it might take a bit of convincing to even get her on something like the Matterhorn or um Big Thunder Mountain so yeah I think we'll probably will prioritize them going on some of the more family-friendly dark rides in Fantasyland at first so I'm happy with that they've given us an hour to do that and at 9.30 it says to head to Adventureland and experience the thrills of Indiana Jones adventure and the family-friendly jungle cruise Okay, good. So chat um, GPT has listened to me. So I imagine what we could do here is some of us could do the Jungle Cruise. That is one of my favourite attractions, purely for, for the comedy that you get from the skippers. While maybe my brother-in-law and my husband could go off on to Indiana Jones ad Adventure or something. Although that is one of my favourite attractions at California as well. So I definitely would want to, to do that. So that might be a bit of a split, that one. 
10.30, take a break and grab a snack or drink at one of the many food carts located throughout the park. Okay, sounds good. I probably wouldn't take a break though. I would probably snack on the go. I mean, obviously being with children, I don't go anywhere without snacks these days. So I imagine we will be taking a lot of snacks with us. But yeah, maybe this will be an opportunity to, to get one of the snacks that will be on my, I'm sure, never ending list. Um, but yeah, definitely not taking a break at this time. 11am, visit Mickey Mouse at his house in Toontown and take some pictures with him. Don't forget to get his autograph. Okay, yep, I said I wanted to meet Mickey. I said that was a must, so we'll go with that. 12pm, enjoy a lunch at Plaza Inn, which offers a character dining experience with Mickey, Minnie Mouse and her friends. Okay, again, at the moment on the Disneyland website, it does specify that the only option for character dining at the moment is a breakfast. So chat GPT is a little bit behind the times here and hasn't quite caught up with, with that. Um, but again, they've listened to me, but maybe we'll just knock that forward to, to breakfast instead of lunch. 1pm, head to Tomorrowland and experience the high frill speed rides of Space Mountain, which is now Hyperspace Mountain, and the family fam, fam, fun family ride Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters. Again, quite happy with both of those suggestions. I think if, if we were actually sticking to this itinerary, then part of the family would go off and do Buzz Lightyear, and part of them would go off and do Space Mountain. 2pm, ChatGPT wants us to take another break. Um, oh, it's okay. Take a break and enjoy some of the live entertainment throughout the park, such as the Mickey and the Magical Map show. Um, I don't know if that show is currently on at the moment. ChatGPT might might be correct. I don't know. But yeah, if it is, then definitely absolutely want to, to see that. The more shows, the better. 3pm, head back to Fantasyland. Okay, so they're sending us a little bit here, there and everywhere. So this this plan is not quite as strategic as I would make a plan if we're kind of going to Fantasyland and then to Adventureland and then to Tomorrowland and then back to Fantasyland. It's a little bit jumping all over the place. Um, head back to Fantasyland and take advantage of the child swap option on rides like Dumbo, the Flying Elephant and Alice in Wonderland. Interesting. Correct me if I'm wrong, but child swap, I don't believe would be available on those rides. The whole point of child swap is that it's on high-speed rides where children would not want to go on them and the parents can swap out. So you wouldn't have child swap on rides like Dumbo, for example, because it is a family-friendly attraction. Interesting. So I'm not really sure where, where chat GPT have got that from. Yeah, it's called Rider Switch on the website and... It's definitely not available on, on those rides. So, um, yeah, ChatGPT has, has got a little bit confused there, I think. And then at, this is where it goes a little bit rogue. So at 4pm, ChatGPT wants us to visit the Main Street Electrical Parade and watch all of your favourite Disney characters light up the night with floats and music. Number one, again, I believe that the Main Street Electrical Parade is not currently on. Also, 4pm is definitely not the night time. And definitely not dark in California at that time. So that's an interesting suggestion. 5pm, um, it then wants us to head over to Disney California Adventure Park and experience the thrills of the Incredico Incredicoaster and Guardians of the Galaxy mission breakout. Okay, so they've given us an hour to then do those two big attractions, which could potentially, they're in different areas 
take more than an hour also haven't been thinking about the the age of the children and, and the children there so I feel like chat GPT has maybe lost a little bit interest in my day by by this point 6 p.m they want us to take another break and enjoy a dinner at one of the many restaurants in the park so no specific recommendations but just a, a generic dinner 7 p.m end the night with world of color a night time spectacular featuring water light and color or with the phantasmic show at Disneyland Park. So it's giving us options. Of course, this itinerary is just a suggestion and you can always customise it to fit your family's needs and interests. Don't forget to make use of the fast pass system to minimise wait times for popular attractions and have a magical day at Disneyland Resort. So yeah, there's definitely some uh, some things there that ChatGPT is not quite up to, to date with. Um, but they've listened, they've listened to me, they've tried to give us, um, a trip for, or a day for, for the family, so, yeah, it's, it's not the day that I, I would have, but it's, it's interesting to see what, what they have, or it has come up with. So, yeah, I mean, that pretty much concludes sort of where I'm at with this trip at the moment. There is a lot of planning still to do, there will be a lot of research into, as I say, food and dining options, and proper looks into hotels as well and this is something I'm sure we will revisit on the podcast probably later in the year when it comes to actually booking the trips um but if you do have any advice or recommendations for where to stay in one of the partner hotels then definitely do let me know as always you can reach us on instagram at chat disney or twitter at chat disney uk And that pretty much concludes today's episode. It's a bit of a brief one, but Mercedes will be back as normal next week um, at the same time and the same place. Bye for now. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.